Let the great debate begin on where Steph Curry now ranks in the all-time list for the NBA's greatest players. We haven't had a chance to give our two cents on this debate, so this is probably going to be the last NBA-centered episode that we're going to do for a while as we're moving more in towards the middle of baseball season. The football offseason is just now sort of starting to ramp up. We just had Gronk retire, just got that announcement. Um just a couple hours ago, the LIV golf tournament keeps getting more news, but this episode is going to be for the last time, probably for a while, centered around the NBA. We're going to talk about that championship that the Warriors just won because, my goodness, it did do a lot for Steph Curry's legacy, and the idea that he is now a top 10 player in NBA history is not that far-fetched. Um, so, Sam, what did you think of the Warriors winning the title, how they won it? What did you think of the Celtics? In that final game, I know it's been a while since that since it officially ended, but the discussion on legacy is still very much in the forefront of the media right now. Yeah, I think it played out pretty much what we talked about. I think the Celtics towards the end of that series um, just were, ran out of gas, really, with how tough their road was, and the Warriors just like were overbearing. To that Celtics defense and they couldn't keep up but I think this was a le- big learning experience for the young stars of Boston and Brown and Tatum and Smart and all those guys and that young core this is a great experience for them and then now they know what it's actually like to play in the NBA finals you're muted Yep, I do. <laughs> you got that. I don't think that that's going to be the last time that we see the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals, especially if they're able to keep that core together. In saying that, I also don't think that's going to be the last time we see the Warriors in the NBA Finals as well. They're already uh, favorites for next year, betting favorites for next year. Yeah, I mean, with all of their new young pieces uh, that they have that contributed this season, they also have uh, Wiseman, who's been hurt, who's going to come back, and if they can get any level of production from him, that I mean, who knows what he'll end up being, but if he ends up being, you know, what they drafted him to be, then that could be an interesting addition to their team. So the Warriors, honestly, have just reloaded with how many young players that they have. Poole contributed. Andrew Wiggins was arguably the second most important player for the Warriors throughout that whole playoff run. Um, And Jordan Poole played really well in spots. Not great in others, but he contributed um, a lot. Jonathan Kaminga was a nice addition for them as well. So they've got a lot of nice pieces that they can keep that together. I, I really don't believe that that's the last time that we're going to see the Warriors in the finals. And it's going to be one more year away from Clay recovering from that injury yeah. too. So it, he should be a little more like himself because towards the end there, it seemed like he was. It, he definitely you couldn't say he was a hundred percent this entire season. Right. I don't think that was the no. 100% clay. And maybe we never see the full 100% clay, but it'd be nice to think that with modern medicine and all the treatments and things like that, that he could be one more year away um, from that injury and then closer to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ooh. So I was going to use, so a lot of this episode was going to be centered around where, um, Oh, the athletic, you faked me out with your headline. Never mind. <laughs> I, uh, I have a list right here from the athletic. It's the NBA. So the NBA before this season, um, they released 
their top 75 players of all time. And they didn't rank them, but other websites did, ESPN, The Athletic. The Athletic list is the one that we're going to use for this episode because I think it's definitely the most well-put-together list. Um, And the reason why we're obviously talking about this is because going into this finals, there was the whole discussion on, well, if Steph wins, then what is it going to do for his legacy? He's going to have four championships. He's going to have two MVPs. If he is the finals MVP, then he'll add that to his resume. The three-point record is broken, and he's got a litany of accolades now. And the idea that he might now be a top 10 player was really big on a lot of people's minds. So we pulled up the list from The Athletic, and The Athletic has him ranked, at least this was in February. This list that they released was in February, so who knows where they would put him now. But as of February... They had him ranked at 15. So the players ahead of them, ahead of him, were Jerry West, Kevin Durant, Oscar Robertson, Hakeem Olajuwon, and then we're cracking into the top 10. So Kobe, Duncan, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry Bird, Wilt, Magic, Russell, Kareem, LeBron, Jordan. So... Some people have been really quick to say that Steph is now a top 10 player of all time. Other people have said, wait, hold on. If he's going to join that list, you got to take some people out. And it's hard to take some people out when you look at the top 10. I mean, when you get to the athletics top 10, when number 10 is Kobe Bryant, you're having a pretty, pretty serious conversation on resumes in NBA history. So we got a lot to say about this, Sam. I'll give you the first crack, at least on initial impression. Where do you think Steph should be ranked? I, I totally agree with that sentiment of this is the one thing that he was missing. And then we finally saw him, which I don't, I don't agree with that. We I've seen him play well in finals before and probably deserved. I think that Kevin Durant's second finals MVP, I, I thought it should have gone to Steph really. Cause I think he outplayed him in a couple of those games, but this was the thing that he was missing for a lot of people in a lot of people's minds. And he finally gets it. The four championships is, is kind of crazy. The fact that he tied LeBron, he's got all those like cultural aspects to where he's seemingly changing the game single-handedly in the last 10 years. And uh, only unanimous MVP or first unanimous MVP. I don't know if anyone's won it unanimously since, but um, it's just a lot of things that are going his way that, this was the final piece that you think would jump them up. But then when you actually look at the top 10, it's like, wait, whoa, those guys have so much going in their favor. (laughs) And I think it's, for me, the way I look at it is I put them in and it's sort of like stacking LeBron up with some of those guys. Because if you look at LeBron's achievements compared to some guys, they might have more, Kareem has more points and the guys have more finals MVPs and more championships. But I think it's about the projection almost that you're projecting LeBron's going to have the most points and he's going to be up there with most assists and all these things. Like you're projecting that later in his career. I think you can do the same thing with Steph of he's going to get to a top 10 scoring NBA scoring leader all time. And all these things that three points made are going to be astronomical that probably no one's going to pass them even with the amount of volume until Buddy Heald, of course, retires. But right. <laughs> but all these things, I think you can almost project and extrapolate his 
records out and then it's like oh so when he's done that's what it's going to look like and I think that's what you really have to do with Steph and sort of these current players of yeah give them the same amount of time that all those guys at the top 10 had I mean Duncan Kobe had 20 years give Curry till his 20th season and then let's see what it looks like yeah I mean when you're getting some I can't remember where I heard this but um, when you talk about the players who are like the goats of the sport, you start referring to them by just one name, and you know exactly who it is. And everybody in the top ten are they're one namers, like Kobe, Duncan, Shaq, Bird, Wilt, Magic, Russell, Kareem, James, Jordan. Like you know who everybody is and what that sort of name carries. And even when you get down to you know, the top 15, I mean, same thing, Hakeem, Oscar, Durant, West, Curry, same thing. So you're getting into this realm of NBA greats that's just so hard to talk about, especially when you have people who didn't watch him play, like us. I mean, we didn't watch Jerry West, Oscar, Hakeem. We didn't get to see, I mean, we've seen highlights of Bird, but we missed Wilt. We've seen highlights of Magic. We definitely missed Russell um Kareem and I mean we've seen a bajillion highlights of Jordan but some of this is just hard to quantify because there's no tangible thing that we can pull from to say well yes I remember seeing how good Jerry West was it's like no I don't but I remember watching Steph Curry so there's a recency bias for certain people um if we're just going off of the athletics list um they again they have curry at 15 and if you're talking about because he definitely doesn't move into like top five category so i think if you're talking about where steph is he hangs out probably in that eight to twelve range but what you're talking about there is so he would jump jerry west on the list he would jump kevin durant and then now you're talking about oscar robertson hakeem kobe duncan and Shaq. if you look at hakeem's resume and they have it posted here it was um, 12 all-star bursts, two NBA championships, two uh, NBA finals MVPs, a regular season MVP, and two defensive player of the year awards. Steph's resume stacked up against that looks better. It just does. But again, it's one of those things where we didn't get to watch <laughs> the game. So how do you really put that into perspective? Now you're just talking about what's on the paper, which doesn't always tell the whole story. Um, so I think if we're just going off of sheer resume, like that's the only thing that we because I think honestly when you're talking about stuff like this that is the ultimate that's what you have to go off of because not everybody watched all of these players but mm-hmm. the th- one tangible thing that we can all look at is resume and I think Steph Curry now has a very good argument for being in the top 10 for greatest like resumes in NBA history and maybe an asterisk on that resume it's just the fact that he changed the way that people play the game in terms of three-point shooting so does that mean he's the one of the greatest players of all time if you're talking about um resume well, he already then, is then, yeah. if he's already 15 he's one oh, of the I best guess, players I'm, ever i guess play, i'm you know? talking about like top 10 um but again, I think resume is the only thing that we can go off of to really say yes or no, because you and I can't talk about players in the 
you know, early nineties and eighties and seventies. So if we're just going off a resume, I think he's got a resume that would stack up against almost anybody. <laughs> yeah. I think he's, I think he's clearly the second best point guard of all time. So I think he jumps over West and Oscar. I think he falls in right behind Kobe and Duncan for me. And I don't think he gets above them because like we, we say, I think this gets, credited to Steph a lot and I think this is probably the biggest argument for him is how he's changed the game of basketball with how many more three-pointers are attempted and how many different guys I mean would Trey Young be as big as he is without Steph would he have gotten that opportunity who knows would heck would Buddy Heald even be on an NBA team without Steph who knows but like and like what would Ray Allen have looked like and Reggie Miller have looked like if they were putting up as many threes as if they were post Steph, right? Like there's all these things that he gets attributed to because of his success. I think you got to do the same for Kobe. I mean, the cultural, the, the amount of um, impact he made culturally was insane. I, just the simple fact of whenever someone throws a wad of paper into a trash can, what name are they saying? At least, at least when we were growing up, it was Kobe. It might be Steph now. But yeah, for right now, good, probably, but for us, yeah. But for a good 10, 15 years, it was just Kobe. They weren't saying they might have said Jordan, maybe, but it was it was Kobe. Like that was a cultural thing. If you're doing that like step back mid-range, that's a it's Kobe. If it's a contested shot, that's like he he made he had such a big cultural impact in how people played, similar to what Steph is doing now. So I don't think what Steph is doing now vaults him over Kobe, especially because Kobe's resume is better probably than Steph is. Yeah. And you got to take into account that Kobe was also one of the best defenders of all time too. He was a phenomenal defender. So taking into account how he played the game on both sides of the ball, you just, you have to throw that in there. I think if we're going off of the athletics list and I'll just go down again from one to 10, Jordan, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Wilt, Bird, Shaq, Duncan, Kobe. I would put Steph at 11. I, 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 that's kind of where I feel comfortable putting him if we're just going off of the athletics list. Um, and I think if I, I were to make a list, I, I, I don't think I would change a lot of almost anything like that, anything on the list. And what's going to be interesting is if he wins another one. Because if he gets to five, if he gets to five, especially if he does it before LeBron does, I'm not going to say that that's going to vault him way up to two because it won't. But what it will do is that it will give him more championships than LeBron. He'll tie Kobe. Tie Magic. He'll tie Magic. And now you're talking about if he gets, if he gets to five, I think he's unquestionably – like it's not even a debate anymore. I think now you can – now you can say he's hanging around the 8 to 12 mark, depending on the list. I could hear an argument for him being in there right now if the right points were made. But if he gets to five, then it's, I think it's, uh, you cannot question anymore. Yeah, I think I'd have to see, see something that was like, like, if it was just another championship like this where it seemed like, he didn't really have to rise up to beat Boston. Like it was just more stay at the course. He was still then, the best player though. 
No, no, unquestionably, he yeah he deserved to win Finals MVP, but it wasn't like a LeBron in twenty sixteen scoring forty in back to back games and then the triple double with thirty, right? Like it was just a what he had like 36, 37 in the in the game, which is three like less points than the four. No, I, I totally, I totally get it, but it's it's way different in my head conceptually with what Steph does than what LeBron does. But it just seemed like he didn't have to um, will his team to a victory. Like that was such a, and that's not a knock on him. It's just a testament to the system that Golden State runs is by committee. Right, like Andrew Wiggins gets that time to shine. Poole gets that time to shine. Clay obviously gets that time to shine. Right. So, yeah, I mean, yes, the system does lend to that. And I know that, like in Game um, Five, he only had sixteen because um, he didn't need to score that much. Um, everybody else was playing really well, but regardless, he was still the best player in the finals, and he definitely deserved to win MVP. Um, like so, like if they if next year if next year they go out and he outduels Giannis or somehow Brooklyn makes it to the finals and he outduels KD, I think it's shut shut the close the door and tell him hey you're you're above Duncan you're above Kobe at this point I think that's the kind of the finals that he needs. Right. Yeah, and I think that would definitely definitely vault him to that that legendary kind of status and yeah it, it may maybe the manner of how he, he'll do it will depend but um yeah if he gets five if he gets five that's it's going to be really hard to not put him in there and so i posted a video about this on our social media page uh, on instagram uh, again if you're not following it then it's uh, n.t.s underscore podcast so nothing to say podcast on instagram we got a couple comments from all people that we've had on the show um so our buddy andrew smith um has been on our show once once mm-hmm. right just just that one time yeah. keegan's been on a bunch of times um and then jake Little John, uh, golfer. Um, sorry, Jake, I'm forgetting where you played. I am the worst um, host of all time. I'm looking at it right now, and I'm forgetting. Anyway, Jake's freaking awesome at golf. <laughs> we'll just put it that way, <laughs> Jake, if you're listening. Um, and uh, so he's been on the show as well. So they all commented, and they all had some really interesting takes. I'll let save Andrew for the end because I'm going to give his blog post a shout-out because he um, did a top-10 rank and that and he does have Steph in there and not only does he have Steph in there but he's got him above 10 so we'll save that um so I'll start with I'll start with Keegan so Keegan left a pretty lengthy comment and I I I liked what he said he actually took it a different direction he actually started to talk about Kerr as well so he said this is coming from Keegan he said I think Steph jumped into a lot of people's top 10 all time maybe not their most impressive title out of the four in terms of their opponents, but you can absolutely argue it was their most meaningful. With what they went through the previous two seasons and being able to come out of it just as good, if not better, seals their dynasty as A1 with the Bulls. Also have to consider Kerr being a top five coach of all time. So that was another thing that I added to the question was, was this their most meaningful? And I like the direction that Keegan took it at the end with Kerr because I feel like that's getting undersold a little bit. All the attention is going to Steph and his legacy, but Kerr now has racked up four championships as a Warriors coach. And I know that it might be easy to just point to all the players that he's had, but 
that doesn't always translate. You gotta you gotta build a system. They've been one of the top defensive teams ever since like that whole dynasty has started. Their defense has been amazing. And just the fact that he's been able to cultivate this culture, it I mean. I really do agree with Keegan in that sense. I do think Kerr has to be considered as one of the best coaches we've seen in NBA history. Yeah, I think with his ability to manage personalities and attitudes and egos with all the great players that he's had, uh, all the changing roles that guys have gone through, like Draymond is completely different from what he was in 2016 to what he is now. And uh, Poole's development and Looney's development and Wiggins having his probably his best year all around under this team is I think it has to be credited to Kerr and that coaching staff yeah and heck while we're giving shout outs Mike Brown was on that coaching staff and is now the current head coach of the Sacramento Kings so yeah good <laughs> <laughs> um so and I also think Keegan hit the nail right on the head um, almost with the Bulls dynasty because the only other dynasty that I think it, you can throw into that conversation would be that Spurs run um, where they had five championships and they made all the playoffs um, like every single year that Duncan was there. So I don't – I think I would put the you – know, I, I'm a little biased towards the Spurs, but uh, they did have five championships. Um, so if, if the Warriors end up winning a fifth one, then especially in a shorter window, like if the Warriors win another one within the next two years, they will have won five in like 10 years. I think that jumps the Spurs because the Spurs would have like five, I think in like a 15 year period. So if they get five in 10 years, then yeah, I think they jumped the Spurs. Um and they went to two finals as well. They went to 2016 yeah. and 2019 and lost. Mm-hmm. But. Um, and they had to deal with all the injuries just coming back from everything. I mean, they were 15 and like 50 during that season uh, that got kind of got called off by, by COVID. So they were bad <laughs> for, for a short time when everybody yeah. was injured. Um, so Jake, Jake left a list and he put Curry in it as well. He said, MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Wilt, Magic, Curry, Shaq, Bird, Akeem, Draymond is trash. That was the comment. <laughs> um, so, again, Curry in um, the top 10. But you also got to take into account also the people who are responding to this. They're all people in our age group. And I also I do think that that has to be taken into account with Curry is the fact that there is a recency bias. And we have been around for the whole thing for Steph. So we've seen it. Um, so I do think, again, when we're talking about where people rank all time, the only logical way to do it is by resume, because I think that's the most even playing field that you can play at, because you can't say Bird is better than Curry because I saw it, because for us, we can't say that. Some people can, and then maybe that's a more realistic debate. But if we're trying to put everybody on the same playing field, it should really just comes down to resume, I think. Yeah, and you have to almost like even like average out all the perspectives of every age group because if you if you, like you said if you take um, our age like twenties to even younger, Steph's gonna rank a little higher for those. I mean, he might get all the way to fifth if you're talking to like a 15, 14 year old who doesn't even 
who didn't even see Shaq play. Like we even we got to see the tail end of Shaq play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just he's his um legacy is gonna grow even more as he continues to play. Hell, even Duncan. I mean, mm-hmm. the that that Spurs team with Duncan and Parker and Ginobili and then eventually Kawhi. I, I mean, I'm a Kings fan, but that Spurs team was I loved every second of that dynasty and there was a, a period, like a, a big chunk of time that, that we missed, or just not that necessarily we missed, but we weren't that old um, while it was happening. So, all right, so we get to Andrew's comment now, and I'll read this verbatim. I agree with him on one part, and I disagree with him on another part. Um, so he says around, so this is about our post that we said, and where Steph is uh, all time and how important this championship was for the Warriors and him. He said around 10. Definitely behind MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Bird, Magic. He's in the ballpark of Duncan, Kobe, Wilt, Hakeem, and Shaq. And then in terms of the importance of the championship, he said, and no, just because a first title is always what shoots people up the all-time ranking list. Think Giannis before and after the title. But this was definitely their most impressive. So I agree with him on that first part. And we talked about where he is in the ballpark. I don't necessarily, sorry, Andrew, but I don't necessarily um, agree with him on the the first title is what shoots people up all, up all time uh, in the rankings. Because I think this one shoots Steph up farther than his first one did, or any of the others. Not if but you're I understand it, it if depends you're on the at player. It, if you're looking at it like literally, so if Steph didn't have a championship, he'd probably still be in the top 75, but it would be a lot lower. Well, yes. Right. So I feel like I feel like he's making a good point here because the perception of Giannis definitely changed after he won that. Think about LeBron after he won his first against OKC. Like that right. was huge for his Look legacy. And then Okay, so I thought about that too, because I knew we were gonna talk about this. I that first title for him, yes, was important, but I would argue that the one in Cleveland was the one that really cemented him even further because it was one of those things where the argument was always, he went to Miami with an established team and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch and the Cleveland one was going back to where he was drafted. And it was a much more difficult road because he didn't have that same team. I think that did more for his legacy than the first two. But if we're talking like if, if there was like a power rankings of a list and that first championship bumps him up 15 spots. The Cleveland one, yeah, it's harder to move those spots, but he's moving only five or six. Technically, the 15 is lar- is a larger jump, I think is what Andrew is talking about. Right, but I think those jumps are smaller because the farther you get up on the list, the harder it is to jump people. Well, I think you're... <laughs> Technically, they're close, like the the... The, they're such they're like finite margins of differentiating these players i mean steph at 10 or 11 is pretty close to a top five player right so technically those jumps are pretty small in comparison because the difference is it's harder to make those jumps i'll give you that the difficulty level is harder yeah but like, i think wouldn't, wouldn't jumping hakeem and oscar mean more than jumping like let me go down to the bottom of the list. It'd be me. It'd mean more than jumping Carmelo and Rodman. 
but I feel like you just don't even get in the conversation. Like you're not even allowed in the club without a ring. Yes. You're not even invited to the dance without that first one, right? That's almost like that's a necessity at that point. So I feel I, I agree with Andrew there. Where I disagree is in terms of the Warriors. Because I feel like this championship almost repaired somewhat the reputation that they had in a lot of people's minds of going and winning with Kevin Durant and doing that whole thing. And now they come back without him and end up winning. I think it definitely did a lot to repair. Well, Andrew said it was their most impressive. So are you kind of saying that too? This one's their most impressive? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say this one is. I wish, I wish, and this sucks because um, Boston did play so well. I wish there was a little bit more star power on the other side, to, to where you can say unquestionably that this was such a crazy. Because I feel like that's the thing that's now getting thrown out of like, oh well, the, the opponent wasn't super strong. Yeah. Well, so I'm gonna give Andrew's blog a little bit of a shout out here. Um, if you haven't. I mean, if you don't know Andrew, you might not know that he has um, a blog. And I, <laughs> Andrew, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's just Andrew's name spelled backwards. So it's mm-hmm. W-E-R-D-N-A-T-H-I-M-S dot com. That's his blog. He writes on there pretty frequently. Um, he writes about a lot of different things. One of the most recent ones that he posted was about this topic, was about all-time rankings and comparing players and all that stuff. And there was a paragraph that I want to read from it that I thought was really interesting. And then I'll give you his list. Um, So this is from Andrew's blog. And this is quote, for instance, I think it's an open debate as to whether Steph or Duncan ranks higher than Kobe all time. And the NBA, I think that their stats are better and might've impacted winning in more ways. While Kobe probably has the edge here, their legacies are at least comparable. Still, if you rolled out a ball at Rutger Park, I think there's a good chance that Kobe and players like Tracy McGrady or, or Allen Iverson would actually help their teams win more than those like Steph. And who's to discount that? I write all this to say that there's some wiggle room for fun here. So let's respect everyone's views on this stuff. That said, if you don't rank Kareem inside your top three, kindly get the F out. <laughs> um, so here's his list. Um, And I'll start from one and go down to 10. It's MJ, LeBron, Kareem, Russell, Magic, Bird, Duncan, Kobe, Steph, Shaq. So he puts Steph at nine. And he has him above Shaq, Um, which, again, I think I don't – with all of these lists, I think if you make an argument for Steph being in the top 10, like at around nine or 10, I'm not going to sit here and, like, flip my desk and say that you're wrong i mean it's it's i it's not out of the question um i think he hangs around 9 10 11 or 12 and regardless of who he bumps in that area i think it's a fine list yeah i oh man it is we're just splitting airs yeah really um i will say i did sort of make a list right before this just really quickly and i think i put cream at four so I should probably get the mm. heck out of here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> so I guess I just can't speak on this matter. But... No, just not, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Um, I didn't make a list, so I, I'm going to stay. 
I'm going to stay. Um, again, being this is what sports is about, right? Like debating this fun stuff. Like this is why you enjoy watching sports. And this is why people have these conversations because they're so fun. Um, they're realistically impossible to have. <laughs> um, but we do it anyway. So... I mean, we'll see what ends up happening with Steph and the Warriors and, you know, where the Warriors' place all time is going to be when people look back, regardless of if they win the championship moving forward or not, um, where Steph is going to be all time. It's really interesting, and it's honestly just been a treat to watch. And I think I've come full circle with the Warriors, and I think we talked about this a little bit too because at the beginning it was like, good just forget these guys like they need to stop making all these threes and they're just unbelievably good and then the Kevin Durant thing happened and it was like come on really especially as like Kings fan we're playing in the division and not like they ever really competed against them but it's like come on like we're done with these guys and then now that it's kind of come full circle it's like I really appreciate the Warriors (laughs) and everything that they do this championship sort of it sort of makes you they they turned face a little bit. They turned from yeah. villain to now a little bit sympathetic. Yeah, when they had when they had Durant, it was like I hope they get obliterated because so, of all of this. And now it was like, yeah, go go step. I think this is this is actually a good transition because I wanted to talk about this a little bit. I want I didn't. Did you see the uh, celebration, the parade, and everything, and what they were all saying? Pretty much the sentiment was like, not really. F all the haters out there. But in my head, I was like, I feel like a lot of people were pulling for the Warriors to win this series. Like, I didn't think that they were, yeah, people hated them for the Kevin Durant stuff, and maybe that's what they're latching onto. But, and Draymond had a whole different thing to latch onto because he was getting destroyed, rightfully so, for this series. But, yeah, I didn't get the, it seemed like a team wide sentiment of, like almost like the bad boys in a way all like, it all it honestly <laughs> takes is like a couple analysts to get on there and really spread something to just use as fuel honestly they could be referring to six people um like six big analysts um like i know that i was listening to get up earlier this week and they pulled a clip from like kendrick perkins um mm-hmm. talking about how like way earlier at the beginning of the season saying that he doesn't think that they're going to get back to the championship so it doesn't take much um for them to latch on to who knows who they're talking about um but yeah it doesn't take much i would imagine like, for that to be the rallying cry they were the favorites when this final started everyone i think at least agrees that steph has improved and i think he is one of probably the most likable player in basketball right now him or Giannis yeah and then the only reason they were doubted is because of the injuries yeah you know I I just didn't I just thought it was very weird and um sort of turned me off from their team of how they responded to winning the championship and being like oh we're putting we're showing this shoving this in your face like we did it in spite of everyone saying that it was like oh I didn't think that everyone hated you guys this year quite as much as years before i don't know whatever they can do what they want they won <laughs> i let them celebrate i guess i don't um but speaking of doing whatever they want uh let's wrap up this nba conversation um 
we'll put a pin in the NBA season until next year or until right. some big trade happens. Pinned um, it there. Yeah, we'll come back to it. Um, but let's move when, on. When Bradley Beal gets traded to the Kings. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, well, Ky- Kyrie, I guess, is trying to move teams. So that's Kyrie something. is trying to move teams, um, or they're trying to kick him out. They're at a stalemate. That was the last I've heard. I think he'll, um, have, a, he'll have a good time in Orlando. In Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. I can no see offense, that any Orlando Magic fans, but... I mean, we're, that's coming from Kings fans. So I, I, the bottom, the bottom of the barrel slander. It's all <laughs> he wouldn't even he wouldn't even suit up for the Kings if he got traded somehow to the Kings. Probably not. Probably not. <clears throat> but whatever. Don't need him. Anyway, um, like I said, speaking of doing whatever you want, let's talk about LIV golf. <laughs> Mm-hmm. because all these golfers are just doing whatever the hell they want and saying, you know what, we're going to leave the PGA. Give us the money. And the money. Brooks Kepka is, looks like he's going to be the next one to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's confirmed. Was it officially confirmed? The last that I saw. I didn't I want to say it figure. on the show. I saw 150. Okay. Allegedly, Allegedly. He is making that move for around about the same that Mickelson got paid for, so that 150 mil. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like officially say that he. It's not signed. like we're breaking news. It's it's something that's already been. Alleged. Okay, yeah. So right here it does say he has officially joined LIV Golf ahead of Portland event. All right, so there you go. There's another gigantic name that has gone yeah. to LIV Golf, and it really does. You brought this up on the last show, and. I guess I hadn't really thought about it much, but there really doesn't seem to be a ton of coverage on this on like major sports um, like ESPN or sports center, just talk shows that I listen to. It's, it's like the back half of the show, like the last few minutes. This is big. <laughs> like there is a golf in general though. I know, but it just feels like they're like, it'd be one thing if all these like lower level players were leaving, but they're pulling big, big names. It would be like if the XFL offered a bunch of money to Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, and they were like, peace, and they left, and they were pulling those kind of players. I mean, that mm-hmm. is what that would be. That would destroy the NFL. Like, I think the NFL, NFL would be fine. They have enough talent. Well, for in it. the sen- in the sense of like that would be really bad for them. <laughs> um, I th- I think this is awful for the PGA Tour because. Oh, off, yeah, the top of my head, off the top of my head, I feel like there's higher quality. Like there's higher there's players right now in the PJ Tour that are playing better. But I think the name value, apart from Rory and Colin Morikawa, I think is definitely leaning towards the LIV with when yeah. they have D- DJ, Brooks, Bryson, and Phil. Oh, and I forgot about Tiger. I guess he doesn't really count because he doesn't play in PGA Tour events. He only plays in the Masters. Um, yeah. I mean, the the Majors. I didn't even mean to say Masters. But yeah, and he's technically still on the PGA Tour. I. It's just, this is a dark time because all these, oh, and John Rahm is on the PGA Tour. I forgot about him. But all these guys have been saying, hey, we're going to play where the best players are playing. If LIV keeps dwindling down, the number of players that are still left in the PGA tour, the other guys like Rory might be the last guy to just say, 
I got to play in these events or else me winning a PGA tour event when there's no one in the top 100 yeah. is like, he's just left with no other option. I love the way that Greeny put it. And I still have to listen to the ending portion of his argument, but just the beginning that I heard, he was like, you know, he was basically making the point that he doesn't necessarily blame them for leaving because if somebody came to you and said, you can work a lot less for a lot more money and there's a lot less pressure. <laughs> Why would you not do that? <laughs> because the point that he was making is that you have to play well to get paid on the PGA tour. Mm-hmm. And the line he, the line he said verbatim was if you shoot 50 over on the LIB golf tour, you still get a check for over a hundred thousand dollars. Um, so why wouldn't you go do that? Um, so I get it. I really do. I don't blame them for, for going after that stuff. They're, it's not like they're playing against a ton of scrubs either. Um, so, uh, yeah. I, this is going to be really just, interesting to see how this shakes out over the next six months. It's just generational talent. Like, your, your kids' kids are going to be set up with the deal like that Brooks just made and he just got married, maybe potentially settling down, starting a family thinking, yeah, I'm secure now. He's done. He's good. (laughs) Like he, he just made more than probably twice as much that he's made in earnings from the PGA tour. Not talking about sponsorships or anything like that, but just purely earnings. He probably made, well, he probably made like three times more. And isn't DeChambeau there now too? Yeah. Yeah. So that's just another big name. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if they get like a John Rahm or a Colin Mark Howard to move over, then some of these guys are just going to have no choice and have to move over, which I think is, I don't know what golf is going to look like if there's no big name players on the PGA tour. Cause I don't know how the world rankings work and Ben Walker, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Um, I just don't know how they make that work at that point. I think honestly, the PGA tour would have to sit there and be like, we got to partner with live and say that these guys can be on the PGA tour well, I think, so I think that's going to be the end. Yeah, I think that's going to yeah. be the end solution that they're going to have to come to. And then just uh, spread out these live tournaments so then that these guys can still go to PGA Tour events and keep the PGA Tour alive, I think, at that point. I don't know what else you do, honestly, besides partnering with them. And I feel like that's going to be down the line, but it feels like, I don't know. LIV's got the momentum right now, like a lot of it, and they've got yeah. the money. <laughs> but this is awesome, honestly awesome for golfers, really, because I think PGA yeah. Tour is going to have to start changing the way that they, the, almost like the pay scale that they have of maybe they start making guaranteed money. It's going to be a lot lower, but maybe yeah. they start guaranteeing money for everybody that's in events and everything like that. And I think that would definitely change a lot of the perception that goes into starting a career in golf. Uh, maybe the European tour does the same thing. I, do they have enough money for that? Who knows? Hopefully they do. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm a young kid, I'm, I'm picking up some golf clubs and I'm getting to work. 
I'm going. I'm chasing after the LIV. It's a little late for us, but if I'm a seven, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, then if my kids, they're gonna be swinging some golf clubs. Playing some golf. <laughs> playing some golf. Just be like, look, just all we need you to do, and not for us, but for you to be secure. Just go play in one tournament. <laughs> Even if you, yeah, if I you let the get a hundred thousand dollars and you'll be set. You don't you don't need anything from us at that point. You have a hundred thousand. Go do it. I'm pulling you out of school. You're getting homeschooled, and we're scoring to the range. We're going. We're going to short game. We're putting. We're going to be at the golf course for five hours a day. What's the first class today? Putting. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> lunch break on the fairway let's go <laughs> yeah that's right i had to sell our home because we're paying this uh hour lesson of tiger woods swing coach so mm-hmm. let's, let's better work out here yeah i know so i yeah it's gonna be interesting to see where it ends up but i feel like the only thing that's gonna end up working out in the long run for both of them is if they partner um otherwise i think the liv is just gonna like cannibalize the pga tour Mm-hmm. which would not be good honestly like that wouldn't be ideal or good for anybody i don't think yeah because um, no one really at least the sentiment out of the first one no one really cares who wins the tournament maybe they get the whole team aspect together i i think uh, so i listened to um uh the rick shields golf show and he's this big golf youtuber and uh, they were speaking and they're trying to sort of do like a formula one style where hopefully they can have like a team tailor made and a team ping and a cobra and these different things which i think would be super cool in a golf aspect um it's just how do you make that the points work for those and really iron that out in this first year to where you're then making a lot of money by selling those seats to a tailor-made, a Cobra, a Ping, and all those things. I think it's it's super cool to think about, and hopefully yeah, that's where it goes. Options. But then how does PGA really compete with that with their 72-hole, like, rigorous format? I don't know. And very rigid format, really. Yeah. Who knows? We'll let you know in six months. <laughs> think we'll be here, year. We're here to cover it. <laughs> yeah, the way it's going – who knows if anyone's going to be left in the PGA Tour, at least the big yeah. games. Stuff is coming Stuff is coming fast <laughs> for that league. So, Like, we'd uh, play this clip, and then six months from now, LIV, like, went bankrupt, and they're just yeah. no longer a thing. <laughs> the LIV's great! Oh, you mean they're out of money? Oh, that's too bad. The, the PGA Tour would then do what the Warriors were doing while the haters, they'd pull up this clip and go, we told you! Mm-hmm. we told you all the haters that nothing to say the fans podcast was freaking raider hat duck hat people that'd be huge for us i couldn't really see what it was until like 10 minutes ago and I you could see it's assume a duck, but... though based off of the color yeah but i just i couldn't like see the logo and i yeah it's a very bright hat <laughs> it's nice though it's 15 yeah. bucks fair enough um all right well that'll wrap it up for us on episode 137 we really appreciate you all listening we hope you enjoyed our probably our final nba episode for a little while um we'll move a little bit more towards baseball um nfl offseason 
and stuff of that nature. Probably a little Formula One. Um, we didn't even did we touch? We did talk about um, Nadal winning the French Open. I think that was a couple weeks ago because we are a tennis show. Yeah, we are a closet tennis show. Yeah. And then and we're secretly turning into a Formula One show too. So. Yeah, Formula One this weekend. We had the Canadian Open in uh, the Canadian Grand Prix in Montreal. Really good show though. We yep. had um, Charles Leclerc going from 19th all the way to fifth in that race. And big shout out to Yuki Tsunoda with the late crash towards Long-time the end. Fan of the show. That caused the uh, safety car to where then you had Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen at the top one, two, racing pretty much the final 10 laps for the championship. So that was cool. Not the championship nice. for the win in the race. It was, it was a good race. Well, there's plenty of them throughout the year to, uh, to sink your teeth into. And I know I definitely have to get into it a little bit more. Uh, and same with baseball. Now that the NBA season's over, I'm going to be turning my attention to baseball and the Yankees right now um, and their streak that they're going on. And Judge may be uh, on pace to hit 61 home runs. So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. Have a wonderful week, everybody. We will see you all next week with 138. And uh, yeah, get out of here. Bye. Peace.